Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game, we are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and the NWSL Championship game is Saturday, 4.30 Eastern on Lifetime TV. It's the North Carolina Courage setting all kind of records this year, winning the NWSL Shield again against the Portland Thorns with the best fans as well. They're your reigning NWSL champions, a rematch of last year's NWSL Championship game, Portland and the North Carolina Courage. And today, two of their stars, Christine Sinclair, second in the world all time with goals scored in the international stage for Canada. She's a rock star for the Portland Pilots. She was a rock star and now for the Portland Thorns. She is a rock star at 35 years young. And then Jess McDonald, she's also just in her 30s. Former junior college soccer, basketball and track star at Phoenix College. She transferred to UNC, won two national championships. She sits among the all-time leaders in goals scored at the professional ranks in the USA. She scored a big one against Chicago on Tuesday. I love her story. She's also on. And then Michelle French, longtime assistant coach for the U.S. Women's National Team. She also starred at Portland, like Christine Sinclair, kind of setting the table, making three college cups, and then Sinclair would bring it home. Well, she returned just recently as the head coach of the Portland Pilots, and she's going to wrap up our show talking about what it means to have such a great pro team pro environment in a college town as well right with the portland pilots a great show are you kidding me christine sinclair jess mcdonald michelle french up after this message from our presenting sponsor team snap Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com United. I am Dean Linky, and this is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, and we promise to be timely, and what's more timely than the NWSL Championship game being played in front of, without question, the best women's soccer fans in the country. The game will be in Portland on Saturday. The game's at 4.30, Lifetime TV, a rematch of last year's NWSL Championship game, the Portland Thorns, the North Carolina Courage, the best soccer out there bar none, and without question, one of the very best players to ever put on a uniform to represent the women's game for any team. We're talking about Christine Sinclair. She's second in the world in goals. I believe she's going to break Abby Wambach's all-time record. She won national championships at Portland with the Portland Pilots. And she's going for back-to-back titles with the Portland Thorns. She is world-class, 35 years young, and looks like she can play another Another 35 if she wants to. Christine Sinclair joins me now. Christine, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, and, and you can tell I'm excited, but I think I've, I've got a reason to be. I mean, watching your game against Seattle and then watching the North Carolina Courage game and seeing it all year long. I mean, Christine Sinclair, you have been in World Cups. You've been in Olympics. You know top-level soccer. This is top-level soccer right here, right now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, every year that this league's been around, you can you can see the improvement of the level of play. And, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, North Carolina, you know, beat what everyone said was the best team in the world in the women's game in Lyon earlier in the year. So, I mean, it's... It's an exciting time to be a part of the NWSL, that's for sure. I want to know about this dynamic. So here here you are, you know, one, um, well, first of all, let's just get this out of the way. Abby Wambach's record, where are you on that? What's your mindset on that? What's your official on the record statement on that? On the record statement? It's hard. Like, it's something I've never, like, focused on. Um I can honestly say I don't know what the record is, and I can honestly say I don't know what I'm at. Um, my national team teammates keep reminding me that I'm like, you're 12 behind. Um, yeah, I think I it's 184 there, and 173 right now. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. if, I, if I get there, I get there. 
Um, that probably means Canada's being successful on the world stage, so I'll take it. Well, and that also means, and it's one of the things I asked you before we got on, you know, please tell me, please tell me that we're going to keep seeing Christine Sinclair. And you pretty much quickly said, and correct me if I'm wrong, you want to do another World Cup and another Olympics, right? Well, yeah. I mean, shoot, the World Cup's next year. I mean, we've, we've got to qualify first, and then the Olympics are right behind it. So it'd be silly to, to stop. And it's, it would be silly not to recognize what India Bissau has met, not just for the U.S. U.S. Women's National Team, but for your team, Canada, for Australia, for so many others as well, right? I mean, this league has made the national teams better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's only, you know, limited sort of possibilities in Europe, you know, and in the women's game, sometimes it's it's difficult to pick up and move to Europe when, you know, maybe you're not making the same as your male counterparts who can pick up and move their whole family. And, you know, to for the Canadian Soccer Association to be a part of this league, and, I mean, like you mentioned, like Australia, Brazil have a bunch of players, and it's, it's only helping the international game. So here's what I was getting to before I got that Abby Wambach question uh, in front of it, and that is you've played in all these World Cups, you've played in all these Olympics, you've played in uh, the WPS, now you've played in the NWSL going strong, and you play every minute, and you're in there all the time. Talk about that dynamic of when you cross over with Canada, even on your team now, you're playing against former teammates like Jess McDonald you played with a little bit, now you've got to go against her. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, hey, I'll see you tomorrow type thing both on the international level and in this league how hard is that or is it just fun for me it's just fun i mean i've through this game i've gotten to know and become friends with people that i never would have if it wasn't for soccer and i mean the the players that i know the people i know from all over the world it, it's crazy and then you know, the next day you're you're playing against them, and it's just part of it. And when you put on that jersey, whether it's a Thorns jersey, whether it's a, your national team jersey, um, that friendship ends for 90 minutes. And then as soon as it's over, you're friends again. I mean, it's interesting. Sabrina D'Angelo, obviously goalkeeper for North Carolina, we just got told we're roommates for our qualification tournament. <laughs> so we're going to go from playing the final to the next day being roommates on the road. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. I'm so I'm so happy for her too. I mean, Caitlin Rowland's been outstanding, but you know, when she steps in there, you don't lose anything and she's so dynamic and athletic, right? What have you thought about her development? Oh, I mean, you know, I've known her for quite a few years and I feel like every year she just gets better and better and you know, I'm excited that she, you know, is getting this opportunity and I mean, she's she's got an Olympic medal. She, I mean, she's she's an incredible goalkeeper that just just needs chances, you know. Christine, as you've uh, sort of been right there, a fixture on all your teams, you're always in the starting lineup, and uh, you know maybe you've moved back just a little bit from that front line. And you've seen these young up-and-coming players come in, and you see like right before your eyes, uh, uh, you know, Haran develop the way she's developing. How does that make you feel? Proud, and it, someone like Lindsay, I mean, just proud to be a part of her development and you know, to help in any way that I can. And it's been incredible to see her development over the past three years. And I don't know, just whether it's young players on the national team, it just it makes me excited for the future of the women's game that you have world-class teenagers, um, whether they're going to college first or deciding to, to go professional right off the bat. I mean, we're, we're slowly catching up to the men's game, and that's all I've ever wanted. All right, we're here with Christine Sinclair. We've talked about the fact that uh, she is Miss Canada, no doubt. But you're also Miss Portland. I mean, you decided a long time ago to play for the Portland Pilots, and now you're playing for the pro team. You heard me say already the best women's pro soccer fans in the country, maybe even in the world. Who knows? Uh, why did you pick Portland and, and tell that story and then talk about how awesome it must be now to play there professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a small world and it's funny how things work out um so clive charles was the head coach at the university of portland and um i actually had known him my entire life my a couple of my uncles played professionally for the timbers and uh my parents before i was born even like rented a house from clive and clarina his, his wife and uh yeah before i was born so then when i was deciding which university to go to i'd narrowed it down to a few and 
Portland just felt like home. I have family down here. Clive was down here. Um, I think I thrived in a like a smaller school environment and. Yeah, it was the perfect place for me, and I kind of never left. Obviously, soccer has taken me other parts of the country, but I've always kept a home here. And then when the NWSL came on board, it was as a national team player for Canada, we were allocated, and they asked for our top three picks of the cities that we'd want to play in, and I wrote down Portland, Portland, and Portland. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) yeah, they're like, no, you need to name three. I'm like... I just did. I'm not playing anywhere else. <laughs> and then I became a Portland Thorn. Well, that's awesome. And obviously, you you know, you know won championships afterwards as well with WPS before returning to, to Thornton. What do you remember about that uh, title win with FC Gold Pride? A stacked team. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we went for that first year in the WPS. I think we finished last to the next year winning the championships. I mean, it was my first year playing with the likes of Marta. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just exciting to be a part of that caliber of a team is yeah, special. Right, we're here with Christine Sinclair. Okay, let's go ahead and set the table for Saturday. I mean, this game, you said that you're also friends. I do get the feeling there's a little extra juice in this game, though, right? I mean, there's it, this is definitely the two best teams. Just talk about this matchup as we you know, try to get people excited for what I think is going to be just an incredible event. Yeah, I mean, I think just <clears throat> it being a a rematch last year's final yeah there's bound to be a little bit extra I mean last year's final wasn't exactly the prettiest game of soccer you'll ever see it was more like a rugby match um, but and I, I actually don't expect that to be the same uh, I think the teams play different styles this year uh, and it's just yeah like you said I think it's the two best teams in the league I mean Portland we started off very very slow this year <laughs> had some key key injuries um but definitely peaking at the right time. And then North Carolina, we have just walked through this season pretty much untouched by anyone. So, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. And I'm very glad it's being played in Portland in front of our fans. Yeah, now you played for Paul Riley, so you know him well. And to watch what he's done with this North Carolina Courage team, what uh, do you remember about uh, the time you spent with him uh, as your coach? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, we're both diehard Liverpool fans, so <laughs> it, 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 we started off on a great note. I mean, we bonded over that. No, he's just an incredible coach that he can get the absolute most out of his players. Um, and I look at that North Carolina team, obviously, in every position they have pretty much a world-class player. I mean, they're a stacked team for sure, but... Then you bring in Paul and his ability to, like I said, get everyone fighting for the same thing, working for a cause. Um, yeah, it, it seems like there's a little extra in them this year. and I have no doubt that's because of Paul. And, yes, they just seem to have... They're like a, a, they seem like the team that have every single puzzle piece and just have fit it perfectly together this year. That's kind of how I'd sum it up. And then Coach Mark Parsons, how would you describe him? He's a kook. Um, <laughs> no, he's, no, he's a he's a great guy. Obviously, he's very young, um, but he's. I mean, he's done tremendous things for every like with every team he's been a part of. Whether he was in Washington and uh, taking them to the playoffs, and then here in Portland. I mean, we've won the Shield and won the championship, and now we're back in the championship game. I mean, I think he's only thirty, which is absolutely insane, and. <laughs> He's another one that can just motivate his players and get the get the most get the absolute most out of them. Jess McDonald is following you. She's now in her 30s as well, and she spent some time talking about how she's had to change the way she treats her body as she continues to want to play at the highest level. She still has aspirations to get a call in from Jill Ellis. Talk about that dynamic as you do the Benjamin Button here uh, at 35. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's exactly what Jess said. It's, you learn how to take care of yourself. You know, you learn what's important on a daily basis and what you can do without. And, you know, there's definitely things that I wish I knew when I was, you know, 20, 25 in terms of taking care of yourself. And 
eating properly, getting the, you know, a proper amount of rest and recovery. And, you know, some days maybe you don't have to, like, push yourself through absolutely everything on the training pitch, um, knowing that come game day, that's that's the day that matters most. And, yeah, experience, I mean, it's an important tool. I mean, I, like, I... I like the player I am today more than the one that I was when I was 21, 22. I was so young and naive, and now I just appreciate things a lot more. Well, speaking of those young and naive players also on this show, I told you this is a jam-packed show, Michelle French, who kind of really set the stage for you as she made it to three college cups at Portland, and then you won the national championship there when you were player of the year as well. And she's now back coaching Portland, and she talked about how awesome it is to be not just coaching at her alma mater but to be coaching in an environment where they can also look up to you and this great team that's pretty exciting right Portland's always been known as like a soccer city and now I mean I was absolutely thrilled when I heard that Frenchie got uh, the head coaching job I think she's the perfect person for it and you know it may take some time but she's I think she's really going to bring back those good old times when, you know, Portland was a, a national powerhouse year in and year out. I mean, I've heard nothing but great things. I've never been coached by her, but I've heard nothing but great things from her players. They love playing for her. They love fighting for her. And I think in terms of recruiting and things like that, her name and the university itself, I mean, she'll be able to bring in some, you know, top-class talent. All right, finally, speaking of names, I'm going to go ahead and just throw a few out here. So you've got French, and you've got Klingenberg, and you've got Sinclair, and you've got Heath, and you've got Haran, and then on the other side, you've got Urseg, and you've got Dalkemper, you've got Dabinia, you've got Dunn, you've got Mewis, you've got Williams, you've got McDonald. I mean, just superstars end to end. Tell everybody why they can't miss Saturday, Christine. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a, it's going to be an absolute battle with two of the best women's soccer teams in the world, and like you said, in front of the best fans I think in the world. I mean, not many other teams can draw twenty one thousand fans on a regular basis. So it's it's going to be it's going to be an exciting game. I, yeah, I can't wait. Listen, you have been just a dream to watch, and I'm so you know so happy to hear that we're going to continue to be able to watch you. You've handled yourself first class every step of the way, Christine Sinclair, and can't think of a better guest as we preview the NWL Championship game. You're the one I wanted because of what you also meant for college soccer. So thanks for for being awesome. on the show. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Christine Sinclair, a superstar, probably will become the world's all-time leading goal scorer, men or women, at the international game. Coming up next, the other side of the pitch on Saturday, the North Carolina Courage, Jess McDonald. She's got a pretty good story, too, on a pretty good team. Jess McDonald, after this message. This is Dean Linky with a special message from the United Soccer Coaches Foundation. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation has opened up applications for their annual grants and scholarships. Grants and scholarships are available for convention registrations, advanced education diplomas, or for the opportunity to host a United Soccer Coaches educational course at your facility for your coaches and your community. To apply or to find out more, please visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash donate or contact Development Officer Amanda Mitchell. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation wishes everyone luck with their application. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. What a great show. Christine Sinclair, the Canada superstar, midfielder for the Portland Thorns. Up first, now Jess McDonald, a key contributor to the North Carolina Courage. She's got a ton of assists, a ton of goals. She scored the first one against Chicago on Tuesday. Also, what a story. A three-sport star in Phoenix at a junior college, recruited by Anson Dorrance, won two national championships for North Carolina, is still one of the all-time leading goal scorers in 
in women's professional soccer in the U.S. She was part of that Western New York Flash team that won an NWSL title. She moved back to North Carolina with the Courage when they came there last year. They won the Shield, made it the championship game. They're back again. And Jess McDonald is kind enough to join me now. Jess, it's so great to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, delighted to have you on. I've been so impressed with you since uh, the North Carolina Courage returned, and it's been so much fun watching your work. And first of all, when you found out that the team was moving to North Carolina, particularly since you spent your last two years collegially in Chapel Hill, how excited were you? Uh, I was ecstatic to be pretty much at home again. It was my, like my second home. I was familiar with the area, so it was absolutely amazing to amazing feeling to be able to play in front of my alma mater, most importantly. All right. As I just talked about, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better, and I don't feel like people necessarily know your whole story. I mean, you are a freak athlete. You went to Phoenix College where you played soccer, basketball, and track, and you legitimately played, right? I mean, you were a star on those teams, right? Yeah. I played all three sports um, each year I was there, so yeah, it was was quite an adventure, and you know, I took advantage of being able to be a multi-sport athlete. Well, tell us about yourself as a basketball player, then as a track star, but start with basketball. Yeah, so basketball, believe it or not, growing up was actually a primary sport of mine. And then, obviously, I transitioned into soccer afterwards. But um, I succeeded pretty well in basketball overall in the state of Arizona. And um I, I had the opportunity to walk on to UNC women's basketball program, but obviously I, I chose to focus mostly on soccer, obviously, when I got there. But um, I won me a couple state championships, got me a couple state championship rings, um, made all region in basketball at, at my junior college and um, some all-American accolades there as well. So I succeeded pretty well in, in basketball. So. I definitely miss the sport. I'm not going to lie. Like, if we got you out on the court right now, could you still bring some game? I definitely think I could, just because I'm in shape. That's, <laughs> that's like, key. I'm in shape, so I'm pretty sure that, you know, I can keep up for sure, but I would definitely have to work on my shot. That would be probably my one concern. And what about in track? What would you run in track, Jessica? So, track, I did the one, two, four, and 4x4. Four four. Um, 400 was probably my, my best event. My my junior year in high school, I ended up breaking the state record in the 400, and that was like really really cool accomplishment. I had no idea I even had the chance of doing so, and that record is still held to this day. And come my senior year in high school, I was I think I was 0.03 seconds from beating my own state record. So um, that was that was a fun fun thing. But I think for me. Track wasn't as serious of a sport for me just because I I only did it just to keep in shape for basketball and, and soccer. So I didn't take it as seriously as the other two sports, but um, I, I definitely succeeded. I went to nationals in the 400 in junior college, and um, I think I placed fifth, if I can remember right. So that was, that was a really cool accomplishment as well. Okay, so here you are at Phoenix College, and as you already admitted, maybe basketball going into Phoenix was your primary sport, but then soccer starts taking off. And you didn't just get recruited by a, you know, a ho-hum team. I mean, you got recruited by the UNC Tar Heels. Talk about that process and the decision to continue on in your athletic and academic career at UNC. Yeah, so as probably the whole soccer world knows, UNC's women's soccer program, was just so dominant. It, it was the main soccer program. And that was just something I couldn't turn down. Like, you can't turn down Anson Dorrance, you know? And so it was just a really cool opportunity to obviously continue my, my soccer career in the right direction. And I felt like I would be a good fit at UNC as a Tar Heel. And I had a lot of friends that were already there that I grew up playing with um, on youth national teams and stuff. So I was really comfortable going there just because I, I knew most of the girls on the team, and um, it, it was just a lot more comforting going into that program overall. And remind us who was on that team, those teams. Yeah, so we had Yael Averbush, we had Allie Long, Tobin Keith, Whitney Ingen, Christy Evelyn, 
Um, Ashlyn Harris was in goal at the time. Megan Klingenberg, Casey Nagara, Courtney Jones, oh Amber Brooks, even Merritt Mathias. Um, I, I I hope I'm not missing anybody, <laughs> but I think those are like the main names that that people know nowadays yeah, so, what, yeah what a team i mean what what is that like now when a lot of those names like you'll see klingenberg tomorrow you'll be going and battling with her like i mean what's that like when you had that bond with them at unc players now i mean it's all out war out there right uh i know it's it's really cool overall playing against your former teammates and, and your friends as well makes the competitiveness just so much more interesting and so much more fun at the same time. So it's it's a really cool thing going against these girls. And, you know, we show a lot of love for each other before and after the game. But during the game, we're, we're complete enemies, obviously. Our attitudes have to change, and we've got to focus on, on the game, obviously. But, uh, you know... Come, come go time once that whistle blows. You know, we're, we're all bumping heads. It doesn't matter who you are. But at the end of the day, it makes soccer in the NWSL just so much more interesting when you're playing against some of your a former teammates and some of your friends as well. I love that. Okay, so after uh, a couple natties at North Carolina, then it's time to consider the pro scene. At the time, at least in 2010, uh, I believe the next year, the WPS was still there. You were drafted by Chicago. So just talk about that transition uh, with Chicago and then you know with Melbourne until the NWSL was able to launch. Talk about those years before NWSL came to fruition. Yeah, so I, as you said, I got drafted by Chicago Red Stars my, my rookie season, which was a really cool experience overall. I had players like Cristiani, Formiga, Megan, Megan Rapino was on my team at the time. I mean, I can, I can go on for days the, the type of talent that I was surrounded by come, come my rookie year. And it, to be honest, it was so intimidating. It was such an intimidating environment, but it was it was so great because even the girls they were they were so professional and so welcoming at the same time. So that was that was quite an adventure. And then I ended up with with quite quite a knee injury at the end of that season, and that that took me out for the next next year and a half. But the next year and a half, um, you know, I got pregnant with my son. And I was also recovering from knee surgery, but at the same time, there there wasn't a lead. That was when the WPS had folded, and which was kind of good timing, I guess, for for my sake, for my career. And then um, Melbourne Victory was looking for for a striker um, last minute, and I was just getting my career started back up after recovering from from childbirth and. You know, I, I ran with it. I, I went with the flow from that point on just to see where my career would take me after after Australia. And then Chicago Red Stars picked me back up in the NWSL when, it, when women's pro soccer started back up here in the U.S. So I thought the timing was just absolutely incredible for, for me, at least after my knee surgery and, and giving birth to my child pretty much all in one. And then being able to get the opportunity in Australia because... I don't know where exactly I would be today had I gotten that chance to play in Australia. They they took a chance with me, and that's something I am really, really blessed and thankful for. And, you know, that was just kind of the start of my career, kind of all over again. We're here with Superstar Forward for the North Carolina Courage, Jess McDonald, and in during her time with Melbourne Victory, by the way, she started all 13 of her appearances for the squad, scored seven goals, and helped the squad to the grand final match against Sydney FC, so that certainly was great, and and you also had a baby, you just kind of threw that in there as well, um, and certainly your son is a superstar around the North Carolina Courage. He, he's just as famous as you, right? Yeah, pretty much. To be honest, I think he's got more fans than I do, you know? He's got... <laughs> He's got so many superhero Marvel DC comic type stuff coming in the mail 24-7. So it's, it's really cool to see people who love superheroes just as much as he does kind of reaching out to him. Yeah, just so go ahead and uh, tell us about him, his name, and how old he is now, and you know how he's doing in uh, you know the triangle in North Carolina. So my little guy, his name is Jeremiah. He's in the first grade. Um, the kid is just high on life. He absolutely loves North Carolina because there's just always something to do. He's got so many fans out there. There are people, there are people who recognize him out in public, which is, which is kind of mind-boggling for me because I'm like, wow, my six-year-old is getting recognized here out here in public. 
And it's it's just really an incredible thing to see because he's a true people person. He loves being around people. He loves showing people the things that he can do himself, um, whether if it's just a simple cartwheel. He loves showing people that he can just simply do a cartwheel. So the kid's just so high on life, which makes parenting for me just so much more easier and makes it so much more interesting and he he keeps me going he motivates me and you know with with a little bit of spark that he's got and his happiness is just so pure it's so pure that it just makes me so happy and um you know he's just He's just one-of-a-kind kind of kid, in my opinion. Okay, so speaking of one-of-a-kind, here's a good transition now, because as we look at uh, your you know, rise in the NWSL, you went back to the Red Stars, then Seattle, then a breakout year in 2014 for the Thorns, then you know, traded to the Houston Dash, and, and then back to the Western New York Flash. But the key part of that 2014 team and then the 2016 team is Paul Riley. Now, I've been able to witness him not as close as you, but to me, he's the best coach, men or women, in North America. You get to experience him every day. Please, you got the floor. Talk about what he has meant to you and your career and your development, both on and off the field. Wow. Where do I even start? First and foremost, when... When he initially coached me in, in Portland, he he pushed me in a different kind of way than any other coach has. And and of course getting knowledge from Anton Dorrance and, and my club coach Les Armstrong has, has been incredible in its attitude to my game, but Paul Riley being such an offensive minded kind of coach, he, he understood my role. He understood sort of the strengths that I had. And to continue on to today he still pushes us. He pushes Lynn Williams. He pushes Kristen Hamilton. I mean, it's not just the forwards he pushes. Obviously, he pushes the entire squad, but he he opens our minds in a different kind of way as players that we didn't even realize we even had within us. There are different set of skills that we have within us that we had no idea we even had. So he gives us different options, like, hey, instead of doing this, maybe you can do this. And, you know, we, we try something new, and it, it works for us. And it's like, wow, that, that really worked. And then we apply it into the game. And, you know, we're screaming about little things that we work on at training through Paul Riley because it's so exciting. It, it just shows that his, his coaching ability applies on the field. But even outside the field, he's such an approachable human being you can talk to him about anything he almost plays that fatherly not just the coaching role for me but also that fatherly role like we're close enough now that you know we we know a lot about each other's lives growing up I, I know a lot about his past and you know a lot about mine and I think that relationship has built over these years and which makes us com- more comfortable around each other since we know each other so well personality wise and so the fact that we know each other so well, I know exactly what to expect from him as a coach. I know for, for a fact he's going to push me. I know for a fact he's not going to let me let me down on myself. You know, he's a very pick-me-up kind of, kind of coach. And, you know, that's something I truly respect about him is that he's so passionate about the game. But most importantly, he's so passionate about his players as well because he knows what we need as female athletes. He knows what we need on and off the field, whether it's, you know, it has to do with recovery, whether it's things that we don't even need to stress about when it comes to our careers. He's very, very good at his job, not only as a coach, but also as a person outside the field, making sure that his players are okay. Wow. So with that, you had those 11 goals in 2014, Jess McDonald, and then Paul left Portland. So then you left as well. You went to Houston. You had a pretty good year there as well. I mean, you led the team in scoring again, but obviously, you know, not a playoff team, although pretty close. You did a great job there. But knowing everything you just said about Paul Riley, when you learned that you're going to be reunited with him, that had to be just incredible. You have no idea. So once (laughs) I found out I was getting traded from from Houston to Western New York, I was not to be honest, this isn't even something I've even made public, but I was very hesitant about going into the New York Flash. I didn't know I wanted to, I didn't think I wanted to move all the way out east. And I knew that the program, you know, it, it never got any good reviews, I guess, from any of my friends or, or former former players that used to play for that program. So I was very hesitant. But I found out sooner than most people when I wasn't supposed to because it was kind of um, in in the works when he was going to be become head coach and when I was hesitant you know I was told in that moment when I was hesitant about going to Western New York Flash that hey Paul Riley is going to be the new head coach and it was like 
okay, I'll be packing my bag. <laughs> you know, no hesitation whatsoever once I found out he was the coach because, I mean, as a pro, he's he's definitely fit in really well with my personality as a player. Yeah, because there you go again. I mean, you finished you know third in the NWSL overall in goals scored with 10, seven more assists, tons of shots, and you even got a call-up to the U.S. women's national team, which is the other thing that I can't say enough good things about Paul Riley because he elevates his players to the highest level to give you a shot to wear the red, white, and blue, and not just for you, but for almost every player on your team, Jess. Literally, yeah, which is one-of-a-kind kind of thing to even think about, let alone the fact that it's even reality that that just lets you know how talented of a coach he truly is all right let's talk dynasty though because you win the nwsl with the western new york flash you come to north carolina you've already told us how excited you were and that makes sense because you loved your time in chapel hill you win the shield you come up just short you smoke everybody this year you only lose one game when utah just absolutely packed the bus on you you're back again i mean you are in the middle of a dynasty tell me you soak that in and you feel it and love it and just want to be part of it most certainly this is probably one of the most one-of-a-kind seasons that you can possibly see in women's soccer i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong but this is history we are making history from the icc tournament to the season that we're having this season in the wsl and the crazy thing is, we didn't set any goals this season. We just wanted to do well, and we wanted to improve on our weaknesses. We wanted to improve on the things that, that we weren't doing so well at, and that was it. We just wanted to improve on the, the entire process throughout this season. And so I think the fact that we didn't set any goals this season, the fact that we put so much hard work in day in and day out for one another, not just for one another, but for ourselves as well because we all want to improve on and off the field taking care of our bodies and then taking taking care of the job that you know at, at training every day we we push each other we push our own selves and so I, I think that's what's helped us succeed this season and it's been such an incredible journey I mean I I have no words to even describe to you the feeling that we have amongst each other let alone for this entire organization because we're not just playing for ourselves now we're playing for our fans now that that couldn't even make it to the semifinal for our home game the other day we're playing for McCall's or Boney who can't even be here today we can't, we're playing for, for Yuri right now because she can't be here either. So now we have so much more to play for other than ourselves. We have so much more to play for. We, we have the people in our office who work their tails off day in and day out. And, you know, those are the little things that we truly appreciate as, as teammates, as, as an entire organization, because at the end of the day, we consider each other family. And families, they work hard for each other. And blood cannot bring us any closer at this point. And I think that's what has truly helped us succeed this season. When I think of you and then Lynn Williams, Crystal Dunn, I think is one of the best players in the world, let alone our team as well. And Abby Dahlkemper, Abby Urseg is an incredible defender as well. McCaws are bony. And then, and then to see the junkyard dog, Denise O'Sullivan, get stuck in there. Sam Mewis hit one from 40. And, you know, I mean, it's just it, it, one after another. They all have a great story. Jalene Hinkle, phenomenal. Matthias, both goalkeepers, right? I mean, it's, and you got Heather O'Reilly on the bench. It's insane, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's that like to look around and see all that talent and see it develop right before your eyes? You know what? It's, it's been, it's been emotional. And when I, when I say emotional, it's been emotional in such a good way. It brings nothing but, but happy tears amongst ourselves as, as teammates. Because for Paul Riley to bring on people like Crystal Dunn and, and Heather O'Reilly and Merritt Mathias, the fact that they fit in so well with our personality as a team, what our mantra is, and exactly what our personality is, it's been absolutely, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure playing with each and every one of these women because everyone has their own strengths, as you can see. And everyone is such a phenomenal player. Even the people on our bench. I can I can go on for days even about the people on our bench. Everyone has their own strengths. But for Paul Riley to bring our random strengths together and put it as one, 
that's an incredible thing. That's a one of a kind thing. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for him to be able to do something like that because we're we're probably the most random group of women that you can possibly put on a team, in, in my opinion. You know, you look at our roster and like you said, we don't have those superstars. So we don't have that that one person that each team is gonna target to make sure that, <laughs> hey, you shut such and such down, that team's not gonna succeed. It's like no, what are you what are you gonna do about the courage? It's not just oh what are you gonna do about Sam Lewis? Oh, what are you gonna do about Crystal Dunn? I mean I can really name you know, people that are gonna be on the field and people on our bench. Like what are you what are you gonna do? I I really do wonder sometimes what coaches do to prep their team. All right, well so here we go and you already kinda touched on it, but uh, I wanna know like how the team was dealing with it because I felt so bad for your entire team, the entire organization. You work so hard, you lose only one game, that place was gonna be sold out. It was going to be rocking. The media attention was going to be off the charts. And Hurricane Flo came in and said, no, no. I mean, how, how do you deal with that, those days leading up to it and knowing that you did have to go out to Portland to win this first game to stay in Portland? Yeah, sometimes, you know what? That's part of our job. We have to deal with adversity because there have been times, you know, we had to reschedule some training sessions because of weather. We can't control the weather. Of course, from the bottom of our hearts, we wanted to be at that semifinal at our home field for our fans. Just for the sake of our fans, we knew that that stadium was going to be shook. We knew it was going to be shook in just a different kind of way than it has been probably this entire season. And I, I just, at the end of the day, we probably felt more bad for the fans than we did ourselves because it was one of those things. It's like, okay, we're playing in Portland. Dang, that sucks. Of course, we want to play at home. But you know what? Bring it on because we've been through adversity and our team, we handle things like that so well. Not a single complaint came out of a single one of my players, of any of my teammates' mouths. Not a single word came on social media about a complaint about us having to come to Portland. It's like, okay, we're going to Portland. Well, you know what? Let's go. Does it suck? Yeah. But, you know, we're not going to complain about it. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to continue doing what we're doing, and we're going to keep our mantra going, and we're, we're not going to worry about, about the negative things because that was just the spark for us. It's like we're not playing at home. Now we have something more to even play for because we're not playing at home. So that, that gave us nothing but even more energy and even more of a spark. Well, and there you go with the spark. I mean, just over five minutes in to me, and I was telling this to some of my other soccer friends, uh, I feel like at a pretty high level, and I was, you know, I worked with U.S. soccer for years. To me, the way you were able to get around Julie Ertz, who is definitely a special talent, right? I mean, she's on the international stage. Like, if I'm Jill Ellis, honestly, and I know this may not be important to you, but I'm still, if I'm Jill Ellis, I'm like, man, I want that in my final 10 minutes. I want her power, her strength, because you ripped around her and then with your pace and then knowing she was sliding that poke for the goal I mean Jess McDonald that was world class talk about that goal and how it felt to give your team that early lead yeah you know what I I think that goal to be honest gave us a little more comfort because we we were on our heels a little bit coming against Chicago they they shook us a little bit which they they really challenged us coming into the first 15 minutes of that game and so I think that that goal literally gave us a little bit of cushion and I I noticed right in that moment as soon as Crystal Dunn played me that ball I realized that that I was one-on-one and I to be honest I didn't realize it was Julie Ertz because I didn't really look to see what what defender it was but I just knew that there was one defender on me and I was going to take it to goal and that was just my main target and I had to do my job from that point on and I, I had to go in with a little bit of confidence as well because any kind of hesitation, she she's a very smart defender. She could have swiped that off of me, you know, if I, if I would have hesitated any kind of way. So it was just one of those things like, I can't slow down right now. I need to continue going kind of moment. I mean, when you hear me say, I think Joe Ellis should take note of that, does that stuff matter to you anymore? Well, of course, to play to play for the national team and to wear that crest on my chest, of course, it's very important. It's it's a, it's a dream of mine. Of course, that's that's what a lot of us work for is to to be able to make that roster, is to be able to get called into campus, to try and impress Jill Ellis with our talents. And so, of course, it crosses my mind, but that can't always just be my main focus. My main focus right now is, is North Carolina courage. It is the North Carolina courage, and it is also this incredible dedication to your fitness. I mean, you 
you are, and I say this in the most authentic and sincere way, I mean, you are a freak. I mean, just how hard you work out there, you know what I mean? It's just, I mean, talk about that dedication to your body. It's the little things because I'm, I'm 30 now, and there are certain things that, that I have to do to to recover from games and to prep myself for games as well. For example, my diet's completely different than it was probably just simply three years ago. Um, the things that I do to recover in order to prep for the next game, I, I used to never do a couple years ago, but I have to do it now in order to take care of my body. And it's the little things that, that I have to do as, as an individual in order to take care of my body so I can last 90 minutes and, and continue going at, at the top level. So, and, and it's also mind over matter. You know, it, it takes a lot of mental toughness as well. I was, to be honest, there, there's a lot of games where I'm out of breath, you know, or earlier on in the game. And people don't really realize it. But, you know, at that point, it, it's mind over matter, like I said. And my mind pushes me more so than my own body does. So I think it's just like wanting that 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 next ball wanting to win that next ball wanting to go to goal wanting to give that assist wanting to continue to work hard in the game because that's that's all i've got at the end of the day got nothing to lose why not just work for 90 minutes kind of attitude okay so here's what my mind tells me uh having been in around the game for so many years it tells me uh, when watching you guys in the ICC without a ton of starters uh, and then watching you during the season only take one loss and then watching that game against Chicago, and this is also a tip of the hat to Chicago and even Portland, this level of soccer, okay, and, and I know we've seen the U.S. women win World Cups, right? But at the end of the day, like all those women that are in World Cups are out on this field going at it against each other. I mean, Jess McDonald, am I wrong on this? This level of soccer that we're witnessing, I mean, more people have to watch this because it's amazing, right? I mean, that game on Tuesday night and what we're going to see on Saturday, it's spectacular, isn't it? Uh, most certainly, and... I, once again, I have to give a lot of credit to Paul Riley because for us, for his players, you know, he has us bring a whole different style of soccer to the game. And um, definitely, I, I believe that a lot of people should be should be watching this game come Saturday because Saturday is going to be history. Saturday is going to be big. Saturday is going to be exciting. Saturday is going to be one of a kind. Saturday is going to be one of those things that if you miss it, you're going to regret it kind of day. Yeah, man, I'm not going to miss it. All right, just two more questions here. I love the fact that, you know, you said you're 30 and you want to keep going at it. Already on this program, Christine Sinclair, who I marvel at, she's 35 years old. And, yeah, her game's changing just a little bit. But you talk about one of the legends of the game, Christine Sinclair, who could break Abby Wambach's record. Uh, what do you think about her? And then we'll switch to talking about the matchup with Portland and let you go. Yeah, she's an absolutely impressive player. It's unreal. 35? Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than that. And to be honest, like even though I played with her, even though she's, she's an acquaintance of mine, I still look up to that woman. She's still an idol of mine. I, I really enjoy watching her play, especially as a 35-year-old, because it's like, hey, we're in the 30 and over club right now. And, you know, we're, we're here still pushing ourselves. And for her to continue doing what she's doing, I am absolutely impressed with her game, even at 35. It's it's unreal to see that woman continue going. She's played what every minute for Thorns this year. Are you are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than that. She's Christine Sinclair, and she's she's made a name for herself. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for her as a person and as a player because I've seen her work her tail off. I've I've seen a lot of her career. So she's definitely one of those people that's going to go down in the history books. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm rooting for the woman in her career. You know, just because. She's, she's definitely made a name for herself, and she's, she's definitely made a name for herself in such a positive way on and off the field. All right, but yet there's still unfinished business, right? Because Portland was able to break your hearts last year, a physical contest. They, in fact, do have those big names. You already mentioned one of them, but then you think about Tobin Heath and Lindsey Horan and Adriana Franch in goal has also been outstanding. What do you got to do? I mean, I will say this, too. I mean, I keep going back to the fact that you only lost one game. You broke all these records, yet I feel like even on that broadcast, you guys did not get enough respect for what you've done, and now you're going to be playing in front of Portland's fans and do you feel like your backs are against the wall, even though you had this incredible season as you approach Saturday? Definitely not. And I believe that since we're about to play in front of probably the most incredible 
women's football fan base come Saturday, I think that's just going to give us even more of a spark, whether they are for us or against us. Either way, that stadium, it, it's going to be it's going to be rattled. And at the end of the day, it, it's going to bring so much more energy amongst both teams. It's going to be it's going to be a battle. It definitely is. It's going to get physical and we can't worry about those big names that are on the other team. We can never worry about those things. We know that if we if we perform well, if we do the things that we have worked so hard working on, if we do the things right, the North Carolina courage way, then I believe that we're going to be able to succeed. We can't be on our heels. We have to be on our front foot. And the only thing, one of the few things that we need to do is obviously take control of the game. And if we do that, then I believe that we will succeed. Jess McDonald, you are a superstar. I feel like you're a difference maker. I feel like you make people around you better. I feel like one of the reasons why Lynn Williams is now even a better interview is because she's been around you. I feel like you've helped her grow. Maybe that's not true, but I think it is. And and I can tell right now you take a bullet for anybody on your team, right? I mean, that's your mentality. Most certainly. And like I said, blood could not bring us any closer and me me and Lynn we feed so well off each other and the reason why I say that I, I just realized it because Paul Riley just said something to us Lynn, Lynn and I were talking about a few things on, um, at the airport the other day and we were talking about things that we needed to, to work on things that we needed to, to do on the field and what we what we need to fix and it was just a conversation between her and I and, and Paul Riley was listening to us and he was like you guys, three years ago, Western New York Flash, you guys would have never had that conversation. And because we were just kind of like that go, go, go team transition, lucky if we even score a few goals in the game, didn't really play defense kind of team mentality. But, but now we've matured so much. And Lynn Williams and I, we know each other so well on the field that we know exactly what each other needs in, in order to succeed on the field. And, and we feed so well off each other on and off the field. And you know, we we communicate a lot with each other on the field just because it's, it's a very important thing in order to do to be a successful duo. Jess McDonald's been an honor to call your games at home, and uh, I apologize for not doing this earlier because you are a rock star interview, a rock star player. Congrats on your goal. Good luck uh, against Portland on Saturday. We hope you bring it home to North Carolina. Thank you very much, and thank you so much for having me as well. I really appreciate it. Jess McDonald, she is awesome. Coming up next, Michelle French, longtime U.S. Women's National Team assistant coach, U-20 women's head coach, returns to her alma mater as the head coach of the Portland Pilot women's soccer team, right in the heart of it all. As Saturday, Portland will host the NWSL championship game. Michelle French, around the corner. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. If you could see me, you would see nothing but white teeth. Love this show. Christine Sinclair, one of the all-time greats in the world. Join me first from the Portland Thorns and the Canada women's national team. Then Jessica McDonald, you know, the former track, basketball, and soccer star who has worked at her craft 30 years young. Sinclair, 35. They look like they both could keep on going. Now, if you listen to this show, you know during the college soccer season, 90% of our time is spent talking college soccer. And I wanted to continue to do that, but I also wanted a natural tie-in with what's going to happen on Saturday for the NWSL championship game. And we've got the perfect guest to tie it all together, Michelle French, who returned to the bluff as the women's soccer head coach at Portland. She was an All-American defender, Olympic medalist, and U.S. Women's National Team assistant coach for a long, long time as the new head coach of the Portland women's soccer team. Her first season back starting now, and she was actually sitting next to Jill Ellis during both games as Portland knocked off Seattle and then the North Carolina Courage knocking off Chicago, and so she was there in the middle of it all, and she joins me now, a return guest here to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Michelle French, great to be with you. Hey, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It's uh, an exciting time out here in Portland, so, um, you know, the more 
more we can promote and talk about it, the better for sure. Well, I appreciate that, and I and I knew you would feel that way because uh, you've also always promoted the sport, and you've been out front, the U twenty coach, and with April Heinrichs and the U S national team for so so long. But talk about your decision to return to your alma mater and to women's college soccer. Yeah, I mean, I you know I still think I had uh, one of the best jobs in the world, uh, hands down, being an assistant um, with the national team and with Jill and you know Tony and, and Graham and. Um, you know, this opportunity presented itself, and if I looked kind of at the, the common thread of why I love coaching, and, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the relationships that I'm able to have with the players and being able to be around them on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, and help them on and off the field is something uh, that I really enjoy. So um, I feel like I left, you know, the best job in the world for another best job in the world, if you will. So you can't you can't really draw it up any better in regards to coming back to your alma mater and, and having an opportunity to, you know, help build build the program again and, and hopefully return it back to, you know, uh, what Clive started long ago. Well, you said the name, Clive Charles. And, <laughs> and, and listen, he's got to be looking down right now with the same sort of big toothy smile that I just told you that I had, right? Talk about what he meant to the program and to, you know, not just women's soccer, but soccer in general in this country. Yeah, I mean, he, he's meant everything to, whether it's University of Portland, to the Portland soccer community, or, you know, even his time that he spent at, at U.S. Soccer. I think, um, you know, his ability to impact the game on so many levels, I think, just says so much about him, you know, as a coach and as a person, whether it's the simplicity and the joy and the fun that he, you know, he taught his players to play with, or, you know, his his jokes that he would have every single day at training. Um, you know, it was always an incredible environment that he created. And the fact that he, you know, was head coach of both the men's and the women's program here at the University of Portland, um, you know, and I mean, at least when I, you know, when I was here my freshman year, we both ended up making the final four. So it's just a massive testament to the culture and the environment that he created. And, you know, the caliber of player that he got to come to, to UP um, just says a lot about, you know, who he is, who he was as a person, and then obviously who he was as a coach so his his legacy lives on his pictures all over the building um you know and and we always we always refer to and talk to talk about him here with michelle french who took portland to three college cups is it is it extra pressure though returning to your alma mater do you feel any of that I don't. I kind of just feel like this is, you know, this whole experience is something that was just sort of meant to be, you know. I think um, I coming back here, you know, the community, the, the feeling of the university, um, the support from the administration, you know, for the women's soccer program, um, you know, I, I just think it's an incredible opportunity to, to be back here and, you know, like I said, you know, invent a new culture and, um, you know, get players to, to want to be a part of this program again. So, um, you know, no, I don't feel that I don't feel any pressure. I just I feel a lot of joy being here. That's for sure. Well, part of that joy is it's starting to come together. Your record mm-hmm. now five and four. You've won three of your last four games. So the team's starting to gel as you start conference action, right? We are not in a position to be able to look past um, the next game. And so, uh, you know, we have set some some goals as a team um, and the players have an idea of where they want to be once we finish um, our non-WCC schedule. And um, thankfully right now we're on track to do that. So, you know, the next next game is North Dakota uh, on Friday. It's going to be a difficult opponent, you know, traveling there. So, um, you know, we're happy, we're happy with where we're at, but we also still have some goals that we want to reach um, even before we re- reach WCC play. All right, with all that as the backdrop and you returning to Portland, you know, one of the connecting points, as I said, uh, in your open right there is the fact that Portland will be the host for the NWSL Championship game, a rematch between the two best teams, the Portland Thorns and the North Carolina Courage. Portland won it last year when the Courage won the Shield. The Courage won the Shield again this year, but did it in even more impressive fashion, losing only one game. So the matchup is going to be epic. We'll get to that. Just as epic is going to be the crowd, because I I think they're probably going to set some records tomorrow or Saturday night, Michelle, and and you've been a part of that. I mean, what is it about these incredible fans for women's soccer? I mean, I just, they just literally drip with passion. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's for the Thorns, whether it's for the Timbers, you know, whether it's here at UP, the, the support that we get. I mean, it, you know, I used to live in Seattle and I was like, no way, Seattle's Soccer City, USA. It totally is. But because, you know, so many people would support the Sounders. But, you know, being here and being in that environment and that close stadium and, 
Um, you know, the drums are always going, people are always cheering, and there's a massive, massive investment. And 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 there's soccer people. They a lot of them get the game, and um, you know, so they appreciate good things when they happen. Whether it's you know a death little touch or you know a little a split pass that you know penetrates or breaks the line, they appreciate those things. And so, um, you know, I think the investment and the appreciation that they have um, for the way that the Thorns play, um, I think, is one of the reasons that, that you know there's so much support for them. And how great has this league been for college soccer? Because you know, women's college soccer to me continues to still be the foundation, not just for the U.S. women's team, but so many other international teams. How awesome is this league for college soccer, Michelle? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at a, a couple of different levels. I think the, the first one is, I mean, what amazing role models and what high-caliber players that, you know, college players get a get a watch on a, on a weekly basis and hopefully are watching on a weekly basis, you know. And that can be U.S. players. That can be, you know, international players from Brazil or Australia. Um, <clears throat> but also, you know, you can see players that come out of college and, and thrive in this environment when they are continuously surrounded by, by professionals. And so, um, you know, I think for that to be um, an opportunity for, you know, student athletes to be able to watch these, these women, it's, it's pretty incredible. So, um, you know, it's cool. I, I'm, I'm thrilled for, for our team that they can, you know, go to a Thorns game, feel the vibe, feel the environment, you know, and see world-class players perform, you know, in one of the top leagues in the world. Yeah, and they're going to be performing on Saturday. You've seen these two semifinal games. I mean, how incredible do you think Saturday's going to be? I mean, if it was on a neutral field and there wasn't, you know, a crowd involved, um, you know, obviously the field would be 100% different. But I think, you know, the the style of play, the varying systems that the two teams play, I think the way that they know each other, the history between the teams, um, you know, how they're going to match up athletically, you know, player for player. I think there's going to be a lot of things that play into it. And, you know, I think getting whoever can get that first goal, I mean, talk about a lot of momentum either way. So um, I think it's going to be, you know, it's good. there's obviously going to be so much excitement built, and I think it's actually going to live up to it. All right. So speaking of living up to it, the North Carolina Courage mm-hmm. saying they had unfinished business. They've come back. You already heard me say they've only lost one game. From where you sit as a coach and you see what Paul Riley has done in this league and this year, what are your thoughts on how he's made all of his teams so good? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think Paul has a, a very good ability to, one, motivate his players, um, two, set exceptionally high uh, standards and expectations for them. Um, and he asks a lot of them. And you'll see on a weekly basis that those players um, are willing to fight for Paul and the rest of that coaching staff and probably even more importantly for each other. And I think, you know, those the, the culture that he's built, um, they've 100% bought into. And there's, you know, there's something to be said for that so um and and he feels you know i'm sure he feels like he's gone out and you know put together a roster full of players that really complement each other um you know whether it's being able to serve a long ball from the back to someone who's extremely athletic like lynn williams up top or if he wants to play through his tens and and build through dabinia but i think um you know he's obviously done an exceptional job i mean you cannot the consistency that his players play with is pretty incredible and what about his ability to elevate players that maybe weren't getting looks before to make Jill Ellis at least consider them for the full national team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if a team is successful, you know, I think Jill has to, to look at those players and see why. I mean, is it because they're surrounded by good players? Is it because um, because of the coaching environment? Is it because of the training that they're getting? Um, you know, and I think when you look at, you know, players that have been in camp or players that are making the, you know, the first team for the NWSL, there's a ton of Carolina players on there. I think, you know, the, the next step, though, is once they get into that national team camp, um, can they still have that same impact when they're out of their comfort zone sometimes. So, um, you know, I think that's the challenging part of going from your pro team into the national team environment. Can you be as consistent? Can you be as confident? Um, and can you have as big of an impact um, regardless of the players that are around you? Okay, so speaking of that, the little nuances from going to this level to the U.S. Women's National Team, like I'm glad you mentioned Lynn Williams and her breakaway ability, but Jess McDonald isn't a slouch either, and mm-hmm. she showed that on that first goal, the power and the strength to get around Julie Ertz, not, mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know, I mean, Julie Ertz. I mean, do those kind of moments make Joe Ellis write down and say, wow, but you know what? In the, in the 85th minute against France, I might need that. Or is it, is it too late for that? 
Yeah, you'll, you're going to have to ask Jill that question. Um, I, I won't answer that one, but I do think, you know, you couldn't help but see uh, the separation that Jess got uh, in that moment. And, you know, she actually had a fantastic game, you know, whether it was, you know, her ability to hold the ball up going 1v1, you know, her ability to track and defend, you know, from top to bottom. So, um, you know, Jess, Jess had a very good game that game. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, if players play well, there, there's no doubt that Jill's going to notice that. And what about that goal from Samantha Mewis? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fortunate, I've spent some time with the women, and Sam was in there, and it's just like she can unleash a shot in a split second. Some people have a little bit more wind-up or take a little bit longer, but, you know, I mean, her ability to get a shot off quickly is actually fairly – it's really tremendous. And then, obviously, the, the – accuracy and where she actually put that was was amazing. I'm going to switch to Portland now and we know Tobin Heath is really special but I think people are finally starting to realize and I mean Lindsay Horan how good is she? Yeah, I mean, and Lindsay's a good story because it's been a process for her to kind of truly start to define who she, I think, wanted to be as a player. You know, she obviously loves to be uh, on the ball. She loves to dictate play, help control the tempo of the game. Um, I think once she got into that national team environment, her speed of play just had to accelerate a little bit. And you can see how that's translated, I think, in the league for her. Um, now it's just a matter of her finding ways to, to find the ball um, and then connecting that next pass. But obviously she's been, she's exceptional in and around the box, whether it's on, you know, set plays or, or service that comes in. So, uh, you know, Lindsay's has really sort of redefined herself this NWSL season. The okay. goal for Portland women's soccer three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, what's the goal? We're realistic in that we're going to have to take some, some baby steps moving forward. We've got to do a great job in recruiting to get some, you know, some players that are going to be different difference makers here at UP. Um, but we want to be, you know, right in the thick of it in the WC get ourselves up into the one of those top three positions and ultimately we want to give ourselves a chance to get into the NC2A tournament and um, you know I think our the long-term goal of course is to be battling for a national championship so um, but again realistic and that it's going to take a, a, a couple of years but um, we want to we want to get back to the top without a doubt and that's both in the WCC you know and in the country. Michelle French thanks for uh, wrapping up a great show today good luck uh, in your upcoming games and uh, thanks for all you do for women's soccer in this country. Awesome. Thanks. And good luck moving forward with everything else. Keep it going. Got to thank Christine Sinclair, Jess McDonald, Michelle French, Mike Knipper, Sean Chevro, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. Love the show today. Hope you did as well. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same channel next week as part of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. This is Dean Linky with a special message from the United Soccer Coaches Foundation. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation has opened up applications for their annual grants and scholarships. Grants and scholarships are available for convention registrations, advanced education diplomas, or for the opportunity to host a United Soccer Coaches educational course at your facility for your coaches and your community. To apply or to find out more, please visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash donate or contact Development Officer Amanda Mitchell. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation wishes everyone luck with their application.